Welcome to the Center for Christian Spirituality podcast. What follows is an audio recording of the weekly contemplative worship service at Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. For the next 40 minutes, you are invited to engage and rest with scripture, music, prayer, silence, and brief meditations. Our hope is that you will allow wherever you are right now to be a sacred space for you, perhaps by resting in a favorite chair or lighting a candle, by gazing out a window or relaxing outside. A guide for this contemplative worship experience, including prayers, scriptures, and song lyrics, is available in PDF format at www.chapelwood.org. You can visit that same website to learn more about the Center for Christian Spirituality. The Center provides resources for people who seek a deepening relationship with God in a way that transforms their relationship with God, others, self, and the world. We are grateful you're sharing the journey with us today.
into our world as into Mary's womb. Come, Lord Jesus. Into the forgotten places as into the stable. Come, Lord Jesus. Into the lives of the poor, bringing hope. Into the lives of the powerful, bringing caution. Into the lives of the weary, bringing rest. Into the lives of the wise, bringing restlessness. And into our lives and longings, whatever our estate, come, Lord Jesus. This is the good news. Christ is coming, and blessed are those who wait on the Lord. Therefore, come quickly, Lord.
And it came to pass in those days that there went out from Caesar Augustus a decree that all the empire should be registered and taxed. This taxing first came to pass when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all were going to be registered and taxed, each to their own towns. Joseph also ascended from Galilee, out of the town of Nazareth, into the Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was from the house and lineage of David. He went to be taxed with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was great with child. And it came to pass, in their being there, the days were fulfilled that she should bring forth. And she did bring forth her son, the firstborn, and wrapped him around and laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the guest chamber. Over the past uh, few weeks in Advent, we have been um, exploring overlooked uh, characters in this story of nativity, this familiar story. And so many of the characters um, we know, but we have been looking at some different ways to look at some of these same characters, but also we've been looking at some characters that we don't typically um, pay as much attention to, just to see, well, what, what is God trying to teach us through these characters? But there are some characters that were probably there that we overlook because they don't show up in the canonical scriptures. Because what we're reading and what we have read in, in say, Luke and Matthew, it's just a quick synopsis of this great story that unfolded over many months. And then here today, we read just a few verses from Luke. And so much happens in that time period of traveling uh, to, to Bethlehem or near Bethlehem and what happens in the actual birth of Christ. So there's so much that happened that we only get glimpses of when we read Matthew and Luke, which are the two gospels that have the story of the nativity. But if you look at, say, the icon on the front of your bulletin, or if you could see the icon that's up on the communion table, you'll see this is an icon of the nativity. There is a lot going on in this icon. And there's probably people, characters that show up in the icon that once you start looking at it, you might wonder, who are these people? Where did they come from? Because going back centuries, all the way to at least the second century, uh, there was a group and collection of stories that were passed down about Mary, about how she was born, about how she grew up, who her parents were, um, about uh, Joseph, who was he, where did he come from, how old was he really? Uh, did he have sons already? Did he have children already before he was betrothed to, to Mary? And some of these stories that were passed down were collected into um, books. And one of them was called the Proto-Evangelium of James, which that's a fancy word that simply means the first good news of James. The first good news of James. And this book was finally collected in the second century. And it's a collection of stories that we see in Matthew and Luke and also some other stories that fill in some of the details about what may have happened. But what it does for sure is at least tells us how history and theology are so interwoven together. 
even in the stories that we have in Luke, say, um, in these verses that we read this morning, there's certain key words that pop up that if you're familiar with the Jewish context, you begin to see that they're pointing to something very deep theologically. One of those words is the firstborn, and you'll see it's capitalized here, the way that we translated it. Sometimes it's just translated, her firstborn son was, was born. But the word firstborn is actually a title that was used for the Davidic king. He was the firstborn of God. You'll remember in the Psalms, it says, um, uh, uh, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And David calls God his father, and God calls David his firstborn in the Psalms. So it's not just a firstborn son, but it's theologically, this is the firstborn of all creation that's coming into the world through Mary. And even the word that we hear sometimes translate as the inn, there's no room for him in the inn, or there's no room for him in the guest chamber, is very much closely related to the idea of uh, the inner chamber that was the holy of holies in the Jewish temple. And so it's this idea that where the firstborn of creation should be celebrated and remembered in the temple of Jerusalem, there's no room for him there. He has to be born outside. Um, and you'll notice in the icon, it looks like it's not your typical stable, but it's in a cave. It's in a cave. It's in this dark place where the divine shows up and manifests as light and love and newness. That is actually one of the tidbits that you find in some of these ancient stories like in the first good news of James, that Jesus was born in a cave a little outside of Bethlehem. And in that story, the way it unfolds is Mary knows she's about to give birth. And Joseph is like, what do I do? We're, we're not quite to Bethlehem yet. We're just a little bit out of Bethlehem. And it's more of a wilderness. And he says, okay, I see this cave. Let me take you to the cave. And he leaves her there in this story with um, two of his sons that he has by a previous marriage. Because in this story, he's a widow actually. But then he goes away to find a midwife, to find a midwife, because he wants someone there with Mary to help her in bringing this new life to birth. And so he goes a little ways, and lo and behold, he finds a woman who is a midwife, and she's just called the midwife. She isn't even given a name in this story. She's no more by her role and her function. And he tells her, will you please come and help my betrothed? And he goes on to tell her that it's miraculous conception. And she says, really? <laughs> it's quite humorous. Um, and he says, come and see, which that might sound familiar because Jesus says that later, right? When he begins, his, come and see. And so she follows him and she follows him and he takes her to the cave where the birth of Christ is unfolding. If you get a chance, I encourage you to go read it. It's a fascinating story, the first good news of James. But for our purposes, we wanted to explore the idea that what if there was a midwife there at the birth of Christ? Why would it have been important to those early Christians to say there needed to be a midwife there? There needed to be someone who, would, who could witness this and help, help midwife this new life into the world. Why would it have been important to them? And why might it be important for us to think about what does it mean to midwife the birth of God in this world? 
why might that be important to us? Why might that be important to you this day? This fourth Sunday of Advent, that's also Christmas Eve, how might we midwife the birth of the divine in our world? And it came to pass. And it came to pass. It's such a 
graceful way of taking a whole bunch of things and gathering them up to get to the main point, right? I recently had to um, share my, my pilgrim tale with the Wednesday night group in the Anchor House, and I really felt like that. And it came to pass, there were so many details and so many people and events, and you know, that you just can't fit it all in in order to tell a story and in an efficient kind of way. But it came to pass. And there are people that were there that I hadn't really considered before. People there at the birth of Christ. You know, one of the things that Enneagram work has taught me is to say, what's missing? What's missing? What's not here that is here that I'm not seeing? What's missing? And today, it's the midwife. And in this story, there's likely a very worried husband who says, call the midwife. <laughs> Sounds like the TV show, doesn't it? <laughs> call the midwife. And she came and she checked Mary's progress and she felt Mary's belly and she listened to Mary. She coached Mary on how to breathe how to breathe through the contractions. And she coached her on when to push. <laughs> and she was the first to get to hold the baby. She was the one who wiped him down, who listened for his first breath, and then released him to his mother. She was the one who checked his latch to make sure that Mary knew what to do when breastfeeding. It was her. And she was the one to tell Mary what to expect in the next days and how to care for herself and how to help her body heal. It was the midwife. It's all very common, this birthing experience. We've all been through it, haven't we? <laughs> well, we were born, weren't we? Yeah, we are, have all been born. <laughs> so we've all been through it. Now, some of us know what it's like on the other end in many different perspectives, right? Yes, yes. It's something that touches all of us. And perhaps that's what the writers of Luke were trying to get at. They didn't have to say all the stuff, all of the things, and it came to pass because we can fill in the blanks because it's something we know something about. And so here we are today filling in those blanks. The thing about a midwife is she is one who listens. You have to listen to the body of the birthing mother and to listen to that baby in, in, in all the ways to know what to do next and to give direction. It's that wisdom and experience that helps the, the midwife know, how are we going to get this baby into this world? She is serving life. At every turn, she is serving life regardless of the particularities of that life, regardless of the name of that life. It doesn't matter to her. Her job is to bring that baby in. I know by, uh, my, the, the nurses at our delivery, they just kept saying, no matter what happens, what we want is a healthy mama and a healthy baby. Fill in the blanks, we don't know what happens. <laughs> We're just going to make sure that this is a healthy delivery. It might be a reason, you know, this listening aspect of the, the vocation of a midwife is why I like to see nurse practitioners more than doctors. A nurse practitioner has generally always listened to me. <laughs> Have you had that experience? Listen to me. So you might want to get a 
pen and paper out, write on your bulletin. I'm going to put forth some questions for you. Um, questions for you to take with you into, into these days ahead. Um, questions to sit with. Um, you know, in this winter time, in this season, it is a time of going inward. The, uh, it's like all of creation is going inward. The leaves fall from the trees. The insects go deep into the earth. Animals hibernate. We tend to stay in more, don't we? And cozy up. We do this too. But it's also a spiritual posture that creation teaches us. So here's some questions for you in these winter days. First of all, where are you in this story? Where are you in this story today? Who has been a midwife for you? Who has listened to you, seen the signs, and encouraged you and coached you? Who has helped you bring forth life? It doesn't have to be a person. It could be a writer. It could be something in creation. It could be art, music. I, I don't know. But who or what brings forth the life in you? And also, listen to your life. Listen to your own life. What are the signs that new life is wanting to be born in you? What are the signs? And maybe you need to call a midwife. <laughs> maybe you need to call on a spiritual director, a mentor, an older friend, a resource, wisdom beyond yourself to companion you through that season. The Christ is always wanting to be born, always wanting to be born in us. If we will but listen, if we will but maybe even be our own midwife,
As Michael and I stand here, and often week after week in a way, well, we're midwives too. And the midwife in me wants to say to you is listen to yourself right now. Listen to your body. Listen to the hunger in your spirit. And then the midwife in me wants to give you the bread of life. That you might be nourished for what is calling out to you to do, to be. Whatever task you have, whatever life is wanting to be born in you, here is some nourishment that you might be strengthened. When Jesus gathered with his disciples the night before he died, he took that bread, knowing what lied, what lay, what lay ahead for him. He knew his people would need strength. And so he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Take, eat, and remember me that you may find your life. In the same way at that table, we know that Christ acted as a midwife to his beloved ones, his disciples, his students, yearning for the life of God to be born in them and through them into the world. And so in deep love, he took the cup. he said to them, take this, drink this, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many. Drink this in deep remembrance. Drink this in remembrance of me, and may it empower you to give birth to the love of God in you and through you. Let us pray. O loving God and source of all, we give you deep thanks for your life and love manifested in Jesus the Christ and his entire life and ministry and his death and resurrection. We give you deep thanks for the gifts on this table. May they be for us your body your life, O oh Christ, as we take them into our body and they become one with us. We are one with you. We pray, O oh Spirit of love, that you would continue to midwife the birth of the firstborn within the womb of our heart. that we might be children of God in this world, sons and daughters of the beloved. And we give you deep thanks for those on the journey with us who midwife your life in us, who listen and who guide. May we too live into our calling be midwives of the beloved and others and in this world. And so we offer ourselves in service to you and service to life. In the name of the living Christ we pray. Amen. This table is open and available to each of us, every single one.
you're all welcome to come find um, the nearest communion station and assemble in a line there. And when you approach your server, you can um, hold your hands in a, a cup kind of like this kind of way, and we'll put a bit of bread there in the palm of your hand. There will be a little cup of juice also on the pedestal stand that you may take. And you may come to the communion rails and make your communion. You can step aside. You can do it right there, however you like. And then there are some little baskets on the front pew where you can dispose of your empty cup. If you need a gluten-free option, you can come to the organ side and tell your server and they'll help you. And the candle banks are also open where you can light a candle and say a prayer. So, children of God, would you come and be strengthened for this day? Let us feast.
today in worship. Thank you for bringing um, your beautiful selves into this space and co-creating this time. Um, as you leave today, we want to give you a little gift to add to your own nativity scenes in your own home. It's a little wooden peg person, but we are going to call her midwife. And you're welcome to take one with you and, and place her in your, um, in your nativity scene at home and remember her important work in bringing Jesus into our world. And I realized um, when I sat down, I forgot to tell you on the icon where the midwife is. If you look on the icon, there actually are, in most of the traditions of this story, there are two midwives who ultimately show up. And they are located on the bottom right of the icon. And you'll see they're bathing uh, the baby Jesus. So, um, so in all the iconography, if you ever see one or two women down in the corner bathing, that's the midwife. So, all right. Well, um, thank you for your presence here this morning. We wanted to just let you know of a few things that will be unfolding today and the rest of this week. Uh, we will have a centering prayer time immediately after our service. So if you want a little more silence, our group gathers for about 10 minutes of silence as centering prayer. We will have worship response in the anchor house. So if you do want to come over for a little while and explore what um, the service meant to you um, and maybe to explore some more questions about the midwife, you're welcome to join us at 10 o'clock at the anchor house. Tonight... Of course, we have our Christmas Eve service. It's at 6 o'clock on the grounds of the Anchor House. We have many plans in place. We have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. It'll be a surprise which one <laughs> welcomes you when you show up at 6 o'clock. So we'll see. Uh, but I think regardless, it's not supposed to be raining when we have our service. So hopefully we can at least have the labyrinth area lit up for you if you do want to walk it, um, but we may not be having the service around the labyrinth tonight. We'll see. Um, so that's tonight at 6 o'clock. It'll be a lovely service, um, so I hope you can join us. Um, and then we will have services next Sunday morning, 845, here in the chapel. And finally, you see a few other things that are on store um, in early January. So we have a retreat coming up. And we have a new contemplative worship service that we're starting on Sunday evenings, the first Sunday evening of each month. And the first one is on January 7th. So um, more to come. Now, as is our practice here, we invite you to linger a few more moments before you leave this space and try to get in touch with um, what is God's good word for you this morning. As, as we leave this space, as you leave this space, what is God's benediction to you? Um, good word that you can take with you, something you heard from this service, a word or a phrase that um, you can hold in your heart. And as you leave to go about the rest of your day and into tonight and this week, um, that you can seek to live into um, and embody, incarnate in some way. And when you feel like you've received that or, or chosen that, then we invite you to silently leave this space or come over and um, practice centering prayer with the group who meets. And may you know that you are deeply loved uh, by the beloved. And may you go in the peace and love of Christ this day. So may it be.